What's up? You have selected. I Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 21 of Charlie's GeekCast. My name is Charlie Niemeyer, and today we are going to be geeking to 90s cartoons. But before we get into that, I've got a comment to read. Now, I apologize. I recorded the last several episodes all in a row because I had some vacationing I was doing, so I wanted to get those episodes ready. So... I don't I didn't have a chance for the last few episodes to read any comments. So this one is from episode 18 and it's from Russell Bragg, our friend from Clarksburg, West Virginia, and he writes, "Hello. Episode 18 was yet another barn burner. What a twist for Batman to be disguised as Desad. I can actually see Batman taking months and months of torture and then turning things around. That's just who Batman is." Do we know how Darkseid got his facial scars? Or if you mentioned it earlier, could you remind me? Sorry for my feeble mind. Thanks for letting me know about the Rock of Ages trade options. I may get it eventually. I wanted to let you know that Charlie's Geekcast is the first podcast that I have listened to from its beginnings and have not fallen behind once. Even with Superman of the Bronze Age, I didn't find that one until episode 18. Of course, I'm caught up on that one too, but when you first started recording it, I wasn't aware of it, so glad I found it. Well... Guess that's all for now. Keep up the good work, Russell. Well, thanks, Russell. Um, I'm glad you've been enjoying the show, as well as Superman of the Bronze Age. They, uh, I've been trying to do is put a lot of work into both of them, so it's nice to hear that someone's enjoying it. Um, we never do find out how Darkseid gets the facial scars. I, assuming it's from probably the battle where he finally took over New Genesis or his first attack on Earth, but they don't say it's if you think though it's been it was about fifteen years, so there's any number of ways he could have gotten it, but they don't specifically state it or in the issues. But that's it for that. Uh, let's move into the actual show. Now, in the 90s, the rise of the cable network, as well as the debut of a few new regular TV networks, brought some big changes to the cartoon landscape. For example, NBC completely phased out of cartoons by the fall of 1992, opting instead for shows aimed at teens, such as Saved by the Bell, California Dreams, and Hang Time. However, the debut of the Fox Network, and more specifically Fox Kids, not only gave us an alternative with shows like Bobby's World...
But Fox Kids ran on weekdays as well, giving us six days to enjoy their shows. One of their big contributors was Warner Brothers Animation, who produced shows like Tiny Toons. We're tiny, we're toony, we're all a little loony. And in this cartoony, we're invading your TV. With comic dispensers, we crack up all the senses. On tiny tune adventures, get a dose of comedy. So here's at the acres, it's a whole wide world apart. Our homes, we only stand alone, a cartoon work of art. The scripts were rejected, expect the unexpected. On tiny tune adventures, it's about to start. Tasmania? Welcome to Atlantis Way, under, down, under, the sky's always yellow in rain or shine. Down in Tasmania, come to Tasmania. When Totsy needs Tubby, they start to spin like a Tasmanian devil in his closest kin. Down in Tasmania, come to Tasmania. Mom's alive, why are dads never born along? Molly's all fired up, or Jake plays with the dog. Down in Tasmania, come to Tasmania. Didgeridingo and Wendell T. Wolf. Francis X. Bush, lad, is never uncool. Bushwagger Bob and his mother, Gold Mom. Constance and Dick Lee just want to have fun. Pugator and Axel are always left sore. If you have a deal, just call Buddy Moore. The Parables Brothers are out back and about. The Kiwi, the Bushrats, have we left anyone out? Oh, yeah, don't forget Taz. He put the Taz in Tasmania, down in Tasmania, come to Tasmania. We mean you! <laughs> and Animaniacs. It's time for Animaniacs, and we're zany to the max. So just sit back and relax, you'll laugh till you collapse. We're Animaniacs. Come join the Warner Brothers and the Warner Sister Dot. Just for fun, we run around the Warner movie lot. They lock us in the tower whenever we get caught. But we break loose and then the moose, and now you know the plot. We're Animaniacs. Dot is cute and yakko yaks. Wacko packs away the snacks while Bill Clinton plays the sax. We're animaniacs. Meet Pinky and the brain who want to rule the universe. But feathers flock together, slappy wax them with their purse. Button chases Mindy while Rita sings a verse. The writers flip, we have no script, why bother to rehearse? We're animaniacs. We have pay or play contracts. We're zany to the max, there's baloney in our slacks. We're animani, totally insane. Here's a show's name. Animani, those are the facts. Speaking of Warner Brothers, the company debuted its own network in 1995, eventually bringing in several of their Fox Kids shows over to the Kids WB block, plus creating new shows like Road Rovers. That's us! Changing to the canines who drive to cut cotton jet. Coming through! So cut with and toilet sits and soaring through the sky. I like it. Making drooling with the fuel and who says dogs can't fly. Not me. Feeding crash and fill the gas and vehicles and flow. Chasing, racing down the road. Road Rovers! Hunter is a hero hound. Leader 
from London town. Watch her be a cat. And some from Siberia with super shows of night. And me! With shoes on Posteria, his box were satisfied. I'm perfect. Shag is strong from head to toe. A cowboy through and through. Round, round, round. Muzzle stack is gonna blow. He's short and screw it too. <laughs> they fight for right, so day and night in every episode. Let's roll! Now it's time to hit the road. And Pinky and the Brain. The Pinky and the Brain. Yes, Pinky and the Brain. One is a genius, the other's insane. In laboratory mice, the genes have been spliced. The Pinky, the Pinky and the Brain. night is done, their plan will be unfurled by the dawning of the sun. They'll take over the world, they're Pinky and the Brain, yes, Pinky and the Brain. Their twilight campaign is easy to explain. To prove their mousy work, they'll overthrow the earth. They're Dinky, they're Pinky and the Brain, 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 Brain. Plus, cable channels like Nickelodeon and the new Cartoon Network not only licensed older shows, but started getting into original programming both on weekdays and weekends, providing even more cartoon fun. As for the remaining two original networks, ABC was bought by Disney, who used the network to show their shows, most of which could also be found syndicated weekdays during the Disney afternoon block, but they just put them all together as uh, one Saturday morning. And CBS started skewing towards the younger kids. However, both networks would also move towards bringing more news and local programming to your Saturdays, with affiliates in some markets shunting the animated shows to very odd times. I mean, after all, with so much animation on from 8 to 12, wouldn't you rather wake up at 5.30 in the morning to watch Disney's Recess than to have to choose between it and Road Rovers? I mean, what's the decision? Okay. So this time, we aren't going to go year by year, and by no means are we covering everything. But I thought we'd start by looking at shows from several categories. First up, movies. As was the case in the 80s, and still continues to this day, movies were a popular source for cartoon ideas in the 90s, although few lasted more than, a, than one or two seasons. One of the shows I liked at the time was Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure cartoon series. I had been selected for a most important journey. I was to help fulfill the destiny of the two great ones, Bill and Ted. Wild Stallions rule! Whenever time stands still and trouble moves too fast, to save the future, we must learn about the past. Whoa! Now, this show actually featured Bill and Ted themselves reprising their on-screen roles. 
Um, the early 90s also saw the return of the Back to the Future series, with both the second and third movies coming out just a year apart. And with the renewed popularity, could a cartoon series be far behind? Now it's the 90s, and Jim Carrey rose to stardom in the 90s, and at one point, he had two cartoons based on his movies airing at the same time. One was based off The Mask. With my winning smile, I'm a living lesson in flair and style. You just can't help but stare at my Deco, Roman, Greco, Rococo, Barocco, Bebop, Hip-Hop, Flip-Flop, somebody stop me! Pretty Viridian faces like mine, don't come a dime a dozen, I stand out in the crowd! Babe, when they made me, yeah, they broke the mold, wholesome and kind, to stayed and refined, totally out of my mind! Arch villains and dead wells had better learn to decorate prison cells, gringos with anything if they ask, say... And the other, in which they actually attempted a Jim Carrey impression with the voice acting, was Ace Ventura Pet Detective. you can't talk about movie cartoons without mentioning the Men in Black cartoon series.
Also, believe it or not, even popular music groups were having their own cartoons. Something that actually, as I recall, started in the late 80, in the late 80s with MC Hammer. Uh, but in the 90s, groups such as Kid and Play and the New Kids on the Block got their own shows. But they, in my opinion, weren't all that good. And since I already have a ton of other shows to talk about, I'm not going to go into those. Disney made several cartoons as well, both based on movie properties such as Aladdin, Little Mermaid, Tarzan, Hercules, and the Mighty Ducks, although they were actually ducks that played hockey, not a kid's hockey team coached by Emilio Estevez, as well as new concepts such as Chippendale's Rescue Rangers, Tailspin. Duck. Gargoyles. One thousand years ago, superstition and the sword ruled. It was a time of darkness. It was a world of fear. It was the age of gargoyles. 
stone by day, warriors by night. We were betrayed by the humans we had sworn to protect, frozen in stone by a magic spell for a thousand years. Now here in Manhattan, the spell is broken, and we live again! Defenders of the night. We are gargoyles. Now, some of those were updates to older concepts, which the 90s was full of. Remember how the 80s had a pup named Scooby-Doo and the Flintstone Kids? Well, that started this trend of cartoons starring younger versions of well-known characters, such as Tom and Jerry Kids. James Bond Jr. In the ever so 90s, Yo Yogi. Some of these shows, like Sylvester and Tweety Mysteries, whenever there's a crime or trouble. 
done using traditional animation, the 90s also saw the rise of CGI animation, which also allowed a new dimension to be brought to old favorites. One example of this was Voltron, which returned to the TV with little fanfare as Voltron, the third dimension. The safety of the galaxy has been threatened again. Five space explorers and their five awesome lions are called upon to form Voltron. Keith, the leader, Pilot of Black Lion, Alora, Princess of Aris, Pilot of Blue Lion, Hunk, the Strongman, Pilot of Yellow Lion, Pidge, the Computer Expert, Pilot of Green Lion, and Lance, the rebellious daredevil pilot of Red Lion. These lions must once again battle Prince Lothor, evil King Zarkon, Witch Hagar, and their forces of doom, who want nothing more than to destroy all that is good. The Galaxy Alliance, under the leadership of Amalgamus, have called these great pilots and their robot lions together again to form Voltron, the Third Dimension. CGI was still in its infancy as far as cartoon animation goes, so some shows like Voltron, or even the show Reboot, looked a little clunky and ugly by trying to include human-type characters, which just could not be realistically rendered at the time. But if you take a show like, say, Transformers, take out all the humans and have them transform into animals instead, that should sidestep the problem, right? Well, mostly, as seen in the series Beast Wars. After three seasons of that, it moved to Fox Kids and we got Beast Machines.
Video games were also a source of cartoons. The Super Mario Brothers series continued with Super Mario Brothers 3 and Super Mario World, but I didn't watch those. It's just not the same without Lou Albano as Mario. And Captain and the Game Master also continued. But new onto the scene was Sega's speedster, Sonic the Hedgehog. Nickelodeon became much more popular in the 90s, with shows like Double Dare, What Would You Do, and others, but they also transitioned their animation from licensed shows from other countries like Count Duckula Castle Duckula, home for many centuries to a dreadful dynasty of vicious vampire ducks, the Counts of Duckula. Legend has it that these foul beings can be destroyed by a snake through the heart or exposure to sunlight. This does not suffice, however, for they may be brought back to life by means of a secret rite that can be performed once a century when the moon is in the eighth house of Aquarius. Blood. The latest reincarnation did not run according to plan. In the Hall of Transylvania, in the Vampire Hall of Fame, yeah, there's not a vampire than the other. He won't fight beast for man, cause he's a vegetarian, yeah, and things never break like If you're looking for some fun, you can love with kind of fun. So why don't fight one they call? Duckula. Hey, count Duckula. Putting up the money for original programming like Doug.
Rugrats. And of course, SpongeBob. Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain! I can't hear you! Aye, aye, Captain! Oh! <laughs> Who lives in a pineapple under the sea? SpongeBob SquarePants! Absorbent and yellow and porous is he? SpongeBob SquarePants! If nautical nonsense be something you wish, SpongeBob SquarePants! Then drop on the deck and flop like a fish! Cartoon Network made its debut in the mid-90s, and while it started off as a hub for old Hanna-Barbera and Looney Tune cartoons, they soon started creating original programming, such as Dexter's Laboratory, Johnny Bravo. One, two, three, go! Way there. Sassy. Man, I'm pretty. Do the monkey with me. Come on. Hey there, lady. Yeah, whatever. And Powerpuff Girls. Sugar, spice, and everything nice. These were the ingredients chosen to create the perfect little girl. But Professor Utonium accidentally added an extra ingredient to the concoction. Chemical X. Thus, the Powerpuff Girls were born! Using their ultra-superpowers, Blossom, Bubbles, and Buttercup have dedicated their lives to fighting crime and the forces of evil!
The 90s also had several animated shows created to teach as well as entertain, while Sesame Street and Mr. Rogers continued, and live-action shows like Barney started a new wave of, of live-action shows. Cartoons like Arthur and Clifford the Big Red Dog were also popular amongst the younger kids, especially the Magic School Bus. <laughs> And as a segue to the next selection of cartoons that I'm going to talk about, there was another kind of educational entertainment show that made a big splash. The late 80s and early 90s really brought the problem of pollution to the forefront of people's minds, and 1990 was the year of the first global Earth Day, and it made sense that cartoons would be produced to bring kids up to speed. And the most well-known one, for various reasons, and I'm sure you already know what I'm talking about based on what I was just talking about, actually involves a superhero named Captain Planet. Oh. Earth. Wind! Water! Combined, I am Captain Planet. Captain Planet, he's a hero. Gonna take pollution down to zero. He's our powers magnified, and he's fighting on the planet side. Captain Planet, he's a hero. Gonna take pollution down to zero. Gonna help him put asunder bad guys who like to. Now, I've left a big portion of the popular shows out so far because they were my favorite type of cartoon, the superhero shows. Uh, now, superhero shows weren't limited to comics. Uh, some were created specifically for TV, and some were actually came from the more independent companies. Fans of comics in the 90s would know that one of the upstart companies to debut during the 90s was Image. Shows like Savage Dragon and Wildcats actually made it to television. But they only lasted for about one season. Now, kids, uh, Fox Kids had a bulk of, of the superhero shows, but all of the, most of theirs were based on characters from both DC Comics and Marvel. Shows such as Batman the Animated Series,
X-Men. Spider-Man. The Adventures of Batman and Robin. Spider-Man Unlimited. Silver Surfer.
Avengers United They Stand. and an independent called The Tick. And all of those shows aired on Fox Kids. When Kids WB launched, they introduced Freakazoid. Super Team Extraordinaire. Freakazoid, Freakazoid. Runs around in underwear. Freakazoid, Freakazoid. Guess he's watching to be seen. Freakazoid, Freakazoid. Got something better on TV. Freakazoid, Freakazoid. His brain's overloading. It has a junction code. Textbook case for Sigmund Freud. Freakazoid, Freakazoid. Check out Dexter Douglas. as well as Superman the Animated Series.
Then in 1997, they finally brought the Batman shows over and created new episodes to package with Superman to create the new Batman-Superman adventures. Then they created the futuristic Batman Beyond. Meanwhile, shows based on the Fantastic Four, and Iron Man. showed up in syndication, although the first seasons are a little iffy, the second seasons are a major improvement to both shows, and what I've provided here for this show was the second season intro to both of them. Another show called SWAT Cats made its debut. (laughs) 
and the launch of the UPN network brought a new show based on The Incredible Hulk to its Sunday animation block. That's it. Believe it or not, that's almost 50 shows we just listened to. And um, that's going to do it for this time. Next time, I'm going to actually review a Marvel comic book. I know. I know. I'm mostly known as a DC guy. But I am a bit of a Marvel fan, too. So I thought, why not take a look at one of my favorite Marvel books? So next, next time out, we're going to look at the first issue of the Fantastic Four from the Heroes Return era of 1998. Brought to you by Scott Lobdell and Alan Davis. I'll see you then. This has been an episode of Charlie's GeekCast, hosted by Charlie Niemeyer. The show's website is www.charliesgeekcast.com, where you'll find notes and images for each episode. Please feel free to leave a comment there, or email the show at charliesgeekcast at gmail.com, and I'll read them on the air. You can also subscribe to the show on iTunes. I also have another show called Superman of the Bronze Age, where I cover Superman comics published between 1970 and 1986. You can find that at www.supermanofthebronzeage.com. Charlie's Geek Cast is an I Don't Have a Fake Company name production. All images and music used are copyright their respective copyright holders. Thank you for listening, and God bless. God bless.